Hello, and welcome to TTELT, Teaching Tips for English Language Teachers, a program of educators worldwide. I'm your host for today, Maya Moore. On today's episode, we are joined by Hansley Kazom. Hensley is an American educator and cultural enthusiast. His ESL career began in 2007, teaching in private and public schools in Japan. Currently, Hensley is an English language fellow with the U.S. State Department. Welcome, Hensley. Hey, Maya. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, and today you will be sharing with us some tips on how to increase classroom engagement, which is something that all teachers are interested in learning more about. Um, so we're excited to hear from you and let's get started. I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, so uh, this came about because I started working with a group of teachers who were struggling with um, classroom engagement. So I, through asking some questions, I said, okay, well, you know, what do you know about your students? And I guess in my opinion, and this is, you know, my opinion, I think there's some things you can probably Google about as well, but getting to know your students is one of, is a, is a really good way of increasing classroom engagement. So, and what I mean by that is, for example, um, it, it kind of goes with the concept of, you ever been in a workshop that as teachers, right? You've been in those workshops and you're just sitting there looking at all these methods and you're just kind of like uh that's a great idea oh i'd love to do that in my class mm -hmm. but it's not going to apply to me <laughs> and you just kind of zone out in the workshop and that facilitator has lost you in engagement it's kind of the same concept right if you're teaching your lessons and the student's not finding anything of value to them uh, they you have a high risk of losing engagement so by getting to know your students, you know, you can do some things to incorporate them in your lesson. So like one of the first things I like to do is uh, for getting to know your students is first day, maybe like, we usually get in school a little beforehand. So I would probably say like when you get to school, mm -hmm. if you're in public school, when you get to school beforehand, definitely talk to your administration. If you get a roster, find out about your class, how many students you have. But if you have a database, right, in your public school, then Google your students, search them on the database, find out what languages, what countries they might come from. If you know what languages and countries they might come from, then you'll have like a pretty good idea of culturally what, what may appeal to them, you know, uh, or what they might find interesting, right? So that's one way to start. And if you don't have a school that has a database, uh, maybe, you know, if you're in a private school or something of that nature, you can talk to your administrator or whoever signed that student up for your class and just ask, ask them questions like, what were they like? You know, what nationality, what language do they speak? Things like that. So try to pick somebody's brain about it. Okay. So basically gathering as much information as you can about your students, even before the first day of class even before the first day of class. And here's another thing too, even if let's say, for example, you know, you see the roster and name and you kind of check to see in the database, oh, that they had this teacher, talk to the teacher. Hey, what was, what was this student like when you had them? And they'll give you the rundown. Okay, okay, that sounds good. About how much time 
um, would you say that you spend on, on, on this, you know, kind of investigating almost um, your roster of students before class starts? What's the time commitment here? I mean, it sounds like a lot, but it's, you know, the first day you get your list of students. So really that first day, spend like 30, 30 minutes just taking a look at what your students got. You, If you're good at it quick, you can do it in 20 or less. And then any students of note, you know, that you want to do further investigation on, you, you know, write their names down and approach whatever teacher that you think um, can help you give more insight on that student. Okay, that's really helpful because someone might be thinking, oh, this sounds like, you know, maybe two, three hours or a whole day, but yeah. it really could be 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> we work smarter, not harder. <laughs> right. I like it. I like it. All right. So we're, we've done this, you know, investigating or searching of a database or talking to other teachers, administrators, um, you know, people that we can talk to about the student. And then and then then what do we do? What's next? So once you talk to the administrator, I mean, the next thing to do is really talk to the students. Okay. So day one, when they come in, you might want to give a survey. Uh, so what I what I would like to do in my in my class is I do a little bit of a, a survey just to find out their academic level or proficiency in English. And what I do is it's a real simple survey. I'm not giving them any questions on grammar or anything like that. I might ask, do you know what a noun is or do you know what the verb is kind of thing, but I'm not going further than that. My questions are pretty basic, like, do you use English at home? Do you use English with your friends? Uh, when you watch a movie, do you, use, do you watch it in your native language or do you use subtitles? Or do you use no subtitles at all? I feel like these type of questions generally give me a better uh, picture of their language level versus the whole grammar test and kind of thing. Uh, and it also gives me an indication about their like enthusiasm for English. So if they're watching movies in complete English, then I generally kind of know, okay, this student it's, is, is on the ball with it and they may give me a little bit more uh, effort. Um, and, you know, even asking about their enthusiasm overall, how do you like English? What's your, which part of English do you not like the most? Is it reading, writing, or, you know, speaking? Or which one do you love the most? Do you like to read? Do you like to write? Those kind of questions let you know what kind of activities you can do in your class that are further engaged. And actually maybe give you some insight on what skills they may be not so proficient in. Right. Because if you generally don't like it, you might not want to do it so so often, you know? Right. So that helps you to, to inform your lesson planning down the line because you're getting to know who they are, where their strengths are, some weaknesses. And also sounds like you're getting to know interests maybe as well. Do you ask about their interests, hobbies, things like that in that initial um, survey? So I don't ask about it in a, an initial survey and what, uh, I mean, sometimes, I mean, it's up to you, you know, that that's right. generally up to you. Uh, however, that actually goes into my third tip, which is um, pay attention to your students and what they react to. Okay. And it's a two part, pay attention, but at the same time, give them opportunities to express themselves like them. So 
A really key thing in uh, that I do is icebreakers. For and this all goes within the first two or three days of your classes. So icebreakers or get to know you projects. If you're a university teacher, you may not have the time to do a, a get to know you project, but icebreakers in your classroom not only uh, helps you understand the student, but it gets the students more comfortable with each other, right? One of the biggest reasons why students don't participate in class is because they feel the anxiety of social pressure. So if we can reduce that by some icebreakers that make everybody look goofy or everybody shares some tidbits and they find commonalities amongst each other, that really helps in the long run when you're doing activities in class and asking people to give their own opinions in the, in the class. But as far as projects go, um, one cool project, we all, I mean, if you never heard of it, two truths, one lie is a common icebreaker. And what I did for public school was I flipped it. Well, I actually got this idea from another teacher. So okay. not completely my idea, <laughs> but <laughs> as teachers, you know, we, we borrow from each other. So, but it's a cool project in general where you have the student create a PowerPoint slide. You tell them to put a whole bunch of pictures of their interests in the PowerPoint slide. And two of the pictures have to be false. And then the name of the game is, you know, you, they present it in front of the class and the students try to figure out which two pictures are false. And through that kind of activity, students are asking questions and responding and finding out, oh, wow, you really do that kind of thing. So it's, it's a cool activity. It does take a bit of time, but you know, it's a cool activity for the first couple of days of school. Right, and it sounds like depending on the class size, it could take a, you know, a couple of days. But what you're what you gain from that, it sounds like is is very valuable from just getting to observe them interact with each other, observe their presentation skills, their speaking skills, all of that. You're they're learning so much about your students in those first two days. And then from that, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was agreeing with you. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and so from that, from, from that activity, that exercise, which I've never heard two truths and a lie done that way. I love the spin on it with the pictures and the presentation. So then from that, what do you do with the information that you gain in that exercise? Once you know what students are engaged in, what they like, whether it be video games or uh, historical fiction or something of that nature, when your lessons come up in your content and you're like, well, I know I got this one student who doesn't really engage, but he or she really likes cars. I know this next lesson is going to be all about cars and Maseratis and things. <laughs> Maybe they'll be interested. So you give them a heads up. Hey, guess what? Uh, this next lesson, it's all about cars. You might want to pay attention. You, I'm not promising full-on engagement. They're going to be engaged, but they might. their ears might perk up a little bit more. And because it's something that they are more familiar with, right. they might be more inclined to raise their hand and participate in it because it's like, oh, I know this. Right. And that's what you're looking for. That, that's the first step of engagement, right? It's to hear something that piques your interest and say, okay, now I'm going to listen. I'm going to pay attention. I'm going to participate. And I also like the fact that students will know that every, maybe, maybe not every, but, but 
the activities that you're asking them to participate, the icebreakers, the warm-ups, those type of things, they all mean something. You're not doing them just to do them. Like you're actually collecting information. And he, 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 here's the other thing about it as well with all these icebreakers and getting to know um, your students and giving them space to be involved. It's, you know, when thinking about, I think about when I was a student, you know, think yeah. about when you were, what was your motivation for going to school? My motivation, I'll be 100% honest, was never about, I can't wait to learn this subject. It was about, I can't wait to see my friends. I can't wait to, you know, talk in class. I can't wait to do all these other things that are not education. <laughs> and, you know, I'm just being honest, right? But the education happened when I didn't know about it. When I, when I was just thinking that, oh, this is cool. And, uh, you know, it's something that I'm interested in. So I don't know, thinking with that, and it's, I, I want to say it's, you know, it's like that, but thinking with that in mind, you know, you have a lot of students who just come because they have to, or because you never know if you work in an economically um, disadvantaged community, students may be coming there for safety, maybe coming there for food, a whole host of other reasons that are not education. So all those things in mind, when you're engaging them with things that they care about, you know, that's half the battle. That's a perfect way to, to wrap up the discussion today. Um, thank you again for, for joining us to share their tips on classroom engagement. Um, just, just to wrap it up or to the tips we're talking about, you know, ask your administration, ask other teachers about your students, do a little bit of um, fact finding before classes get started. Um, and of course, ask your students about themselves, you know, find out directly from them what their um, uh, proficiency levels are through the survey that Hensley discussed. And then observe your students through activities. You can try two truths and a lie, or you can try something different, but take that time to give them an opportunity to show you who they are, show you their interests. So again, thank you, Hensley Kuzo, for joining us. My pleasure. Appreciate Always a pleasure it. being here. Thank you. Definitely a friend of the podcast for sure. Uh, and for our listeners, thank you again for joining another episode of TTELT brought to you by educators worldwide. You can follow, like, and subscribe to TTELT on your, any of your social media platforms. And we hope you'll try this new teaching tip this week. And when you do, please let us know how it worked for you. You can leave us a comment or a voice message on social media or TTELT.org. And you can also follow Hansley at ESL underscore Hans. That's ESL underscore H-A-N-S. 